Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And you can follow along with us online. Please do so. It is... At Your Tech Report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Lots of fun things there. Welcome to an awesome edition of Your Tech Report, a self-proclaimed awesome edition. Uh, On this week's show, Circle with Disney, a very cool product to keep your kids safe on the internet. Very, very cool product. Uh, I am Marco Flalo, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield. Mitchell, how's your week been? You know, I, I, I'm tempted to say exhausting, but it hasn't really been exhausting. It's been exhilarating. It's Lots back to cool school. Si- it is back to school. And I, do you get, I mean, are you like me? Do you get a little depressed when the kids go back to school or are you just euphoric that they're going back to school? Um, neither. I, either way, I'm fine. Like, my summer is actually busier for me, so it's kind of nice. This kind of, this end of summer where it's still nice and hot, especially here because our climate changes. Right. Um, it's nice and hot. They get to go to school. Um, school ends pretty early, so we still have a lot of time to kind of hang out and play outside and stuff like that and get in the pool if we can. So uh, I, I like this time of year. It's good. Keeps their, I, and, their and brains you know, busy. I mean, from a family point point of view, obviously, and you know, I'm sad that the summer has come to an end. The kids are my, you know, Ryan just started high school. He started, I have a high school and I'm not, I'm not old enough to have a high schooler. Don't mm. say anything. Don't make, don't give me that look. Let me have my fantasy. So, I mean, you know, I'm sort of, I have mixed emotions going on. I'm a little bit sad that the summer's coming to an end, but that also means all the stuff that is coming up now. We talked about, you know, Gamescom coming up and, you know, being in full, full swing right now and probably being over by the time you listen to this. And just, just a lot of exciting things. The new iPhones are going to be announced very soon, Mark. Do you have, do we have a date yet for the, uh, for the Apple event, there's, the scheduled uh, event? There's rumors that we're going to see, uh, the event take place on the, look how. I stall. Look how I stall. Uh, we're uh, September twelfth. September twelfth is what I'm hearing is uh, the yeah. Apple event. Uh, September twelfth, which with the release or a pre-order date of the fifteenth, with the release probably around the twenty second. Twenty second. Yeah. Twenty. Right, so we're hearing the same then. things. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's that's very exciting. We you know because we'd also heard that the the new iPhone, the, or at least the eight, the artist. So, so far known as the 8, was going to be delayed until maybe late October. So now we're hearing late September. I can deal with that. So things to be excited about, Mark. Lots things of things. Things in the world of tech to be excited about. Lots of things. Did you happen to catch the uh, Samsung event this week that I completely forgot about, but uh, uh, but happened? You know, I did. I, I, I caught the wrap-up. I watched it afterwards, and I'm just, you know, 
uh, and we're gonna. I'm, I'm guessing we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, the Galaxy Note Eight and all the excitement surrounding that. But we I was are. excited that they they didn't just totally do away with that entire device because of the debacle and the, the thing that cost Samsung dearly, both in reputation and financially. I'm glad to see it's back because it's a device I've always loved, and I'm glad that they're coming back now with you know with a vengeance. So so officially, they've launched the Galaxy Note Eight, which is obviously the follow up to what I would call the disastrous Note Seven. Um, a couple interesting things when they did their event, which was just a couple days ago in New York City. They call it an unpacked event. And uh, they did a very good a very good PR spin on what happened last year. They uh, they apologized. They very, very straightforwardly says, said that it was a disaster uh, and it wasn't cool. And then they spun it in a way that uh, was very, very positive, obviously, towards them with all the emails and the outpouring of Samsung lovers who were saying, oh, we can't wait, just put it behind us. And, and they really brought the Note 8 onto the stage in quite a positive light. And they did so with this, I mean, it's a beautiful device across the board. I mean, Samsung has been making beautiful devices for a long time. And I think a lot of the things that you saw on their latest flagship devices have obviously made its way onto the Note 8, including that Infinity Edge display. We're talking about a 6.3-inch display, a dual camera system, which as of right now was probably the best mobile camera system that you'll find on the market. And I say right now because, you know, we're waiting for more <laughs> products. You know, this is this is the unfortunate thing about being the first to market with something. or And they're not really the first to market with things because if you look at LG, LG's had the, the G6 out for several months now. They're really the first when it comes to launching their new product in a, in a calendar year. But this is really, you know, Samsung is here and we know Apple's next. So Apple has to kind of meet up somewhere in the middle here. And you know, you, you talk about this device, and you said, "Okay, are we going to just start talking about it a little now for a little bit?" Since we've already we've already broken the ice here, pretty with that. much. That's kind of what we're doing, yeah. Um, you know, you talked about it being slightly larger, I think, than the last model, from six point two to six point three inch. Uh, you know, diagonal display. Obviously, the gorgeous you know AMOLED displays that Samsung are known for is still you know a gorgeous screen on there. Sixty four gigabytes of internal storage with, of course, a micro SD support, which means you can expand it to many. Many, many more gigabytes than that. Six gigs of RAM, Mark. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of memory in a phone like this, but this is a flagship device, so they want to make it seem like that. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, we thought that four. I mean, Apple still, I don't think they've put any more than they don't two tell us. gigabytes. They don't of RAM. tell us. They, they, they don't tell us. <laughs> no. They could be putting like, you know, 512 of <laughs> megabytes. We have no idea. Uh, but yeah, six gigabytes of RAM up from, I believe, the four in previous models and in even in the Galaxy S8 right now, four gigs of RAM. So we're talking about substantial bump in RAM. Of course, a faster processor, uh, you know, Qualcomm Snapdragon 835. I mean, you know, obviously all the specs are there, but also the form factor's changed a little, but it is still absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, they've, they've, gone, they've gone a sharper edge. It's a sharper yeah. curve, which means they brought the actual glass out a bit further. So it gives you more, quote-unquote, surface. What struck me in the hand when you actually see this device is that it, it's extremely long. So much so that they had to actually release a new Galaxy a VR headset that would actually support it. There's a new VR oh. that really has no spec difference. The only difference is that it fits this device as well in terms of size, which is kind of interesting. Uh, right. but the S Pen, the S Pen also has really cool features. Not only is it redesigned, but it actually has a lot of cool translation features. There's a lot of software work that has gone into this device as well as the hardware. And I believe they also made the S Pen water-resistant now, which is something we haven't seen before. That We know the devices have been. We've never seen the S Pen, but I think they know that if people are, you know, by the beach and the water just come out of the shower, washing their hands, they want to take notes. And really, when it comes down to it, the S Pen, Mark, the taking notes, the note 
moniker in that name, uh, that is really the differentiating point for this device. It is a device that's meant to be used with a stylus. They're in its, that's why it has a larger form factor. That's why we see the S Pen. And that's why I think this this device has garnered so many fans over the years because you're, you're meant to use this. It's the first phone that's meant to be used really with a stylus in the modern smartphone era. No, 100%. And listen, we're, we're going to talk way more about this device over the coming weeks, I'm sure, especially next week, because we're going to be speaking to someone from Samsung. Probably Mark Child, their CMO from Canada, is going to join us and tell us all about the device. Um, people, people have been asking me, they say, how do I get this device? Well, there's a couple ways you can actually pre-order it, starting today or starting you know, the 24th, which is uh, from Samsung directly, you can get it unlocked for a price of $929. So it's under $1,000, but that's still pretty expensive. Yeah, that ain't cheap. Yeah, they do. They do a financing plan about $38 a month for 24 months in addition you got to add tax on that um, all the carriers have pre-orders on now so you can get it from Verizon for 960 AT&T 950 T-Mobile 930 Sprint 960 Target's going to have it Best Buy's going to have it um uh, so, so a lot of people are going to give you the opportunity to get, get this device. Here's the interesting thing. If you had a Note 7, though, if you had a Note 7 that you did return, you are eligible for up to $475 off this device. That's about a wow. 50% reduction in the price of this device, which is Wait, pretty let me, significant. Before you go, let, me, let me make sure I understand this. It's if, if you've, you, Obviously, everyone legally was supposed to have already returned their Note 7s, but you're saying if they have it on record that you bought one, and you all, even though you already returned it, you're still eligible for that 50% discount yeah, pretty much? Yes, so basically, Galaxy Note 7 owners are eligible for a $475 discount. And you got to go to Samsung.com for that, and they will tell you how to get in on that program. Which is, that is crazy. And, and that's their quote-unquote apology for everything that happened last year. And that's a pretty... That's a pretty significant move on their part. That's a pretty big apology financially. That's losing a lot of money. That is, my guess is more than all the profit margin in that device for the people that felt, you know, you know, slighted last year when they had to give their give their and then listen, this is after Samsung already paid people to return their devices last year and gave them, you know, and sort of gave them incentive to return their devices, financial incentive, and to buy a new phone. They helped them financially. So this is, you know, they're losing a lot more than the four hundred and seventy some odd dollars that they're gonna, you know, give up to previous owners. They're also losing money from the devices last year when they paid them to return them. So you know, kudos to uh, to Samsung for willing to take a hit, being willing to take a hit again this year. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flala. Still, way more to come. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Intel. They've got new processors lined up. AT and T has a very cool tablet on board, and some Star Wars talk already. Star Wars is coming out in December. The Last Jedi. <sighs> Toys are going to get an augmented reality twist. Very cool stuff. Follow along on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, and of course, YouTube.com slash your tech report. Back in a moment. There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to your tech report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Welcome back. You can also go to Twitter. It is at your tech report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash your tech report, of course, YouTube.com slash your tech report as well. Lots of stuff in the news this week, aside from just Samsung, obviously the Galaxy Note, available for pre-order right now. Don't forget to get your discount if you were an owner, a previous owner, or a short-term owner of a Note 7. Uh, Intel announced its latest 8th generation core processors. Why is that important to people who don't care about bits and bytes? Well, because these processors are going to power our computers for the next uh, next couple of years, and they're saying that some of these, Mitchell, are potentially going to replace some of the Mac operating system devices, new MacBook Pros and stuff like that are going to make its way to there, and especially that new Mac Pro that everybody's waiting to 
hear about? Exactly. And, you know, there are things to be excited about when it comes to processor that have nothing to do with processing power. And the reason I'm saying that is, Mark, I know a lot of people, and listen, we try not, like we always say, we try not to get too much into the minutia, the bits and the bytes, because not everyone really wants to know every little detail. They just sometimes want to know why things work and how. So big picture when it comes to a new processor, the thing to really be excited about right now is power management. And what I mean by that is, as these processors advance, as Intel and AMD become better at just designing and maximizing the power of these processors, Mark, they also maximize how great they are at energy efficiency. So these better processors not only make your computer more powerful, they also reduce the amount of battery that they require to operate, which means the better they get, the longer battery life you are going to get on your laptop. Desktop obviously doesn't really matter. They're plugged in. They're not going anywhere. But since most people now, a lot of the majority, I think, of the country, the continent, is using laptops, believe it or not, not desktops. So having a longer battery life is has become a premium because battery technology has not changed that much. What has changed is how the processors use that energy. And that's where you're getting the real benefits, I think, in battery life. Well, plus, you know, there's things like heat. So obviously, the, the, the f- yes. further generations generate less heat. So you don't need fans and components, which all add up to less and or, and or more battery life and, and power consumption, which is really, really cool. I'm curious to see where these uh, where these end up. Uh, AT&T launched a new tablet called the AT&T this. Primetime <laughs> Tablet. Um, I mean, you're in the in the U.S. This is interesting yeah. for a company like AT&T to announce their their own tablet. Yeah, and we've seen other carriers do this as well. I think Verizon and T-Mobile have both taken a shot at at making their own tablet devices. And I, I, I got to tell you, I don't really know what to think about this because the idea, listen, AT&T is also an Apple retailer, an Apple reseller, because AT&T, of course, you can get your iPads through them and you can have your, you know, add them onto your monthly plan and have the, you know, you buy the ones with the cellular connection and add it onto your plan. They've been doing this for years, but I guess in terms of profit margin, uh, putting out your own device gives you a higher profit margin than selling someone else's. So I get that, but it, it's not exactly what I'd call a premium device. Mark, do you have the specs there? Because yeah, I, I mean, think it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, they're decent, yeah, just not it's a, it's, blow you away specs. It's a 10-screen, 1920 right. by 1200 pixel resolution. It's an LCD display. Uh, it's got a Qualcomm processor, 2 gigs of RAM. They're saying that it, its purpose really is just to watch DirecTV. It's to stream DirecTV now or DirecTV if you have a subscription. I mean, they're going to be selling it for 10 dollars a month on a 20 month term or you can buy it quote unquote um, on a two year term for 29.99 so this is not an expensive offering i think this it probably caters to families who just want to you know give something to their kids to kind of watch I, I, it's i mean it is cheaper than buying a whole new dish for your home or a new receiver and putting a new television in no, it is. It is. And obviously it's cheaper than an iPad too, but it, it starts to create a bigger problem, which is, and I think we've seen this with other, other companies. We've seen companies like Apple start to spread themselves too thin. We've seen Sony do it over the years. We've seen, they've all done it at one time or another. And I think there comes a point where we know, Mark, that companies want to be competitive. They want to be competitive in all areas. You know, content showers want to be content creators now because then they're in control of the actual product. So at this point, does AT&T, having taken over, obviously, Obviously, DirecTV, they have UVerse, they have the cellular, they have home phone. Do they want to be a provider 
a creator or a hardware manufacturer. And at a certain point, I always believe in let companies do what they do well. Don't feel the need to also take over what another company that you have a relationship with does well. Leverage their assets for what they do well. And as, as right now, Mark, is AT&T starting to spread itself too thin with all these big acquisitions on the, on the media side now becoming a hardware manufacturer? Or are they spreading themselves a little too thin? Not sure. Not sure. There's a story Good that, answer, that yeah, I know. There's, there's a story that uh, I completely forgot to mention off the top of the show, and this is something because you know we cover things in our YouTube channel, you know, YouTube.com/slash Your Tech Report. It feels like we almost talked about it on the show, but we didn't talk about the pre-sales of the Xbox One X, which were announced at Gamescom. I mean, tell everybody about this. Yeah, yeah. So one of the announcements, I think we might have we might have teased this last week at one of the things we were looking forward to that they were possibly maybe gonna announce at Gamescom, which is, you know, the Xbox One X finally getting a pre-order because, you know, we all knew that it was coming out November 7th. There were rumors that, you know, it hadn't been approved. Uh, it had not been officially approved. Um, was it by the FCC? I mean, it's just so now. Obviously, it's been approved. We did actually get a pre-order that went live a few days ago. But the thing is, Mark, when I went to my, I, I signed up for notifications through Amazon, through GameStop. I was watching the Gamescom press feed by Xbox in the car on the way back home from Carlsbad, and I saw that it went live. I went to Amazon immediately, ordered one, called up my GameStop. They said, "Yeah, we, we have sixteen available." And I said, "Whoa, wait a minute." 16 pre-orders. Now you have to realize, Mark, my GameStop is a pretty big one in terms of how the West, you know, West Coast stores, they usually get 75, 100 pre-order units to sell. Yeah. So when they said 16, I immediately said, okay, I'm coming in right now because I wanted to make sure I had two of them just to cover myself that were pre-ordered. Sure enough, within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, Amazon stock gone. GameStop stock gone. Then there were ways you can get it at Xbox.com. That dried up. Then the only option was actually going to a Microsoft store. They had a few units. I think those units are gone as well. So yes, Xbox One X pre-orders have gone live, but unfortunately, now we're talking about the Project okay, Scorpio this is what edition. I was ask you because yeah, tell people about so that. The, yeah. So the Project Scorpio edition is, I mean, it's it's beautifully branded. Um, it's got that old kind of old kind of like Xbox 360, the Xbox logo on the front with the Project Scorpio writing on there, on plus on the remote as right. well on the controller itself. Now, are, is this the only one that's up for pre-sale right now? Right now, that is the only one they're okay. pre-selling, and I think they're going to wait. Right now, when they say when they're gone, they're gone, and I think they pretty much are gone already. Although people are having a you know a field day on eBay selling their pre-orders for you know for double the price of what they you know the console goes for. It's already selling for seven hundred, eight hundred dollars to you know for the luxury of getting that first day unit. And this is similar. Remember when the Xbox first came out? They had the day one edition. Yes, it had yes, the yes. logo that had the branding day one edition on the controller. This is similar to that, except they're bringing the Project Scorpio, which for people. People that don't know what is what the Xbox One X that was the code name for Project Scorpio before it was actually called the X. I actually like Project Scorpio better, so much cooler than the X. But anyway, uh, so it's just that unit that we're talking about that went on presale and that is gone now. I'm sure after they are released or maybe closer to release, they'll start releasing a second batch of units for pre-order that don't have that Project Scorpio name on it. So you're missing out on the logo, which I think a lot of people can live with. But right now, we're still only seeing a one 
terabyte model being offered, Mark. And I'm saying that because for me, on my Xbox One X, and my S, sorry, I'm getting confused. On my Xbox One S, I have a two terabyte model that allows me to keep all of my games stored locally, not on my external hard drive. So now the biggest model they're offering on the X is a one terabyte. Hopefully we'll see that increase because storage for games, you know, these games each take up 40, 60, I mean, they take up a lot of room. So I'd like to see more storage in this new X unit as well. Star Wars. Ah, okay. We're we're yes. like what three months yes. away from yes. the new movie, which is called The Last Jedi, which means that now is probably a pretty good time to start the hype going. And they are starting <sighs> the hype in some very cool cool ways. So here's what you're going to want to do: you're going to want to download the Star Wars app, okay? Because starting on Friday, which is September the first at twelve oh one a.m., okay, it's Force Friday two. This means that all the toys. All the plushies, everything Star Wars okay. branded is going to start to be available at retail locations. But there's a very cool augmented reality component to this as well. If you have the Star Tell Wars me. app and you go to a participating location, Toys R Us locations, Target locations, and look for these giant Force Friday displays, you can actually, with augmented reality, unlock character uh, interactions where you're going to see a life-size version of Ray, for example, <laughs> that you could take an augmented reality picture with. Um, there's oh, some awesome. twenty thousand different retail locations across North America, um, across thirty sorry across thirty countries. Depending on the size of the retail, they have up to five different displays that are all interactive. If you're using an iOS device, you can record video of the digital avatars walking around the store. So there's oh, very very brilliant. cool elements to it. So the display is going to I mean every every display is going to have a new character on each day so you can actually go back to it and unlock various things a total of 15 different unlockable char- uh, characters all you need is that Star Wars app I mean this is really do you remember Mark it wasn't that long ago was it when the first Avengers movie came out that I think Marvel did a similar thing that when you were they used augmented reality when you were in the movie theater you could see the characters flying around you or where the movie was playing it would show superheroes flying around the movie theater I love the fact this is why I'm excited about augmented reality because it uses these virtual characters this virtual world that's overlaid on top of the real world that you can view through your smartphone's camera and display I absolutely love this so where so I go to the app store I'm going to do this while you're talking and I'll pretend that I'm listening to you, but I'll really be downloading. I go to the app store, download the Star Wars, Star Wars app, and mobile I can do it. app. It's already live. Okay. Um, you can okay. you can already scan things if you want things online, just to kind of see if it works. Um, you, you want to collect all these characters? You could summon stormtroopers. Lots of lots of very very <laughs> cool things that are that are coming. That's to awesome. Um, I love that. Uh, before we take another break and, and get into some really cool products that we're going to go hands-on with, I want to remind people, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. We've got some some really cool stuff, some really cool reviews out there. Um, uh, Recoil, which we're going to talk about in a couple seconds. Lassie, which gave us this really cool hard drive, is there. Um, but one of the things that we kind of – I don't think we've even gone hands-on with one of these things before is, is Roku streaming devices. And the reason I bring up Roku is because there's a story today that talks about Roku and Amazon – completely crushing Apple when it comes to being the center of your living room. And a lot of this has to do with not only Roku being um, you know, a great media player, but the fact that it's built into televisions and the fact that Amazon Prime is now available directly on smart televisions, whereas Apple is not. You know, Apple's never going to be available on a third-party smart television. I think right. is giving them an, uh, an edge over Apple. And I'm curious to know what your opinion is and whether or not Apple can even try to dominate this market when you still require that third-party $200 piece of hardware when smart TVs give you access to all these other things that are available. 
That's a really good question. I think there's also more to it than just the being able to embed embed the technology uh, into third-party devices. I think part of it also is, you know, we've seen 4K streaming from other companies, uh, what, for the last two years we've had 4K streaming? Yeah. I mean, this isn't, and, and this is a way that Apple has not innovated. Usually they make their, they try to make their products future-proof to an extent. Of course, they always want you to buy new ones, but, you know, we didn't see an internal sort of flip, you know, flip a switch that was flipped that allowed your existing, you know, current generation Apple TV to display in 4K, which is what people are getting from other, you know, hardware providers. So I think it's more than that in terms of lagging behind. But you look at also companies like Amazon that not just have the players, they have the content, they also create their own content. So this goes back, Mark, to, you know, is Apple playing catch-up? We talked about on last week's show how Apple has invested, you're already Dr. Evil finger in my cheek right now, $1 billion, right? Of course, pales to what companies like Netflix with 6 or $7 billion in spending on, you know, their own content in the last year. Is Apple playing catch-up, but is it going to be too little too late? I don't think so. I think they still obviously have the infrastructure. They have the mind share, the public mind share, to get word out when they decide to do something new that people will still respond. The problem is other people have been doing it for a while now, and the perception will be that Apple is trying to play catch-up. But let me ask you this, because this leads me right into the next thing. Does it give that new Apple television that we've been seeing little glimpses of online, a little flat-screen TV that Apple may be doing, does it give that sort of rumor more credence, knowing that Apple will not put their, you know, they won't put their software in a third-party device, but they will put Apple TV software into their own Apple television device. So, do you think that really bodes well for an, a true Apple, to not just Apple TV, an Apple television? Do you think this is something we'll see released or talked about in the next year? Oh, we're going to see it talked about. I mean, we see it talked about every single year leading up to you know, September, October time. Uh, you know, we've seen glimpses of a, a, a parent, a purported uh, Apple television on a testing dock. Right. Will we ever see it come to fruition? I think we will. I think it's a natural progression for any kind of television or any kind of software. I mean, Roku started off as a streaming box and then moved its way onto televisions. Um, granted, third-party televisions, so they licensed right. their product. Apple would not probably license their product. I mean, we've never seen them do that before. So will we see them come out with a product? I, th- I think they will. I think they will. I think what's going to be what's going to be challenging for Apple is we all know that they they, they make no, you know, qualms about the fact that they make premium devices. And televisions right now have become, the prices are so ridiculous right now. That great TCL television, I think that you have as well, Mark. $500. Great, it, Mark, it's three. It's now three seventy nine at my Target. Yeah, Fifty five inch, four K television, one hundred and twenty hertz, true one twenty hertz display with HDR for three hundred and seventy nine dollars. So, if Apple is going to enter this market, and we know they don't, they don't want to be competitive with pricing because they want to have this premium sort of, you know, this idea of a premium device for everything they make. Are they going to be competitive in the television market? We know they're not going to put something out that's going to be inexpensive. And TVs have really come down in price. So are they entering the market at the wrong time when, you know, perception is, oh, I can get a less expensive television? Not from Apple, you can't. So it's going to be interesting to see how it it's plays going to out. Have, it's going to have to be a long-term bet from Apple because right. televisions are not one of those things that you change every year. And yep. and it, it's just, they're not small devices. They're not in our hands. They're not constantly on that. We hang them on a wall and we leave them there for 10 years. That's just the story of it. We leave them there for long if they last longer. So this is going to have to be one of those investments where as a consumer you're going to say, okay, listen, I'll spend, you know, for an Apple TV, I'll spend, I don't know, six, $700. It's going to be cheaper than an iPhone. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to see where Apple fits this in to their existing product lineup, especially given that it's a product and a piece of hardware that you can't upgrade every two years from now. 
you know? Yeah, but you know, it's it's funny. You mentioned that that 10-year life cycle. I think that's sort of old school thinking on our Is part it because, it, I mean, we used to think of a TV as something that stays in your home for 10 years. A car is something you keep for 10 years. I think that's really changed, Mark. I don't think, I mean, look at companies like LG, Samsung. They're changing their model lines dramatically. I mean, they change them every year, but they make dramatic changes every two to three years. So I think televisions now, if you have a five or six or seven-year-old television, uh, you're starting to think of getting a new TV in terms of the technology that's in it compared to the technology you need to run current video game consoles that are going 4K, that require HDR and different forms of, you know, higher contrast viewing. Dolby Atmos, Dolby Digital, you know, HD. I mean, there's so many changes. I don't think people think about keeping a TV for 10 years anymore. Yeah, no, I think I think you've got a good point. you got a good point there. I think that, you know, I, I, my mentality is hand me down, you know, because eventually my kids will want televisions and I'll let them no, have the television. No, I get it. And I'll be able to hand stuff down and I'll be able to make an excuse for me to buy a new one. But right now I can't really... Go can't really find <laughs> find that excuse. Uh, the last bit of news I wanted to mention before we take a quick break is, uh, uh, you know, Walmart is uh, ganging up on Amazon. Walmart wow. is, uh, is getting together with Google Home, and they're going to be offering um, shopping through Google Home Smart Speaker, which is very interesting because it's a direct attack at Amazon. Amazon, obviously, with the Amazon Echo and the whole lineup of speakers, and the fact that it's tied into their ecosystem of shopping, it gives it a, it's a natural fit. Well, now... Starting late September, customers will be able to order hundreds, thousands of Walmart items through the voice-controlled Google Assistant platform on the Google Home smart speaker. And it's the first time Walmart's ever offered, ever offered its wares outside of its own website. Do you remember uh, a few minutes ago I said, you know, companies need to be careful about trying to be something that they aren't? Yes. And about going after companies that do things really, really well. Let's remember, Amazon's able to do what they do. Because they do not have brick-and-mortar stores. They do not pay for retail space, for shopping. They do what they do because they have a warehouse distribution center. That's how they keep the prices down. That's how they're able to get deliveries out so quickly. They have you know centers all over the country, all over North America. Walmart, yes, they're a great retailer. They have great low prices. But if they're starting to play this game with Amazon, they should be very careful yes. because this is an Am- this is a game that Amazon plays better than anyone because they have they have the infrastructure to do it. Does does Walmart? We're going to find out. Still to come, we're going to talk all about two very cool products. Recoil, which is an awesome laser tag slash augmented reality game. Uh, the Lassie Rugged Hard Drive, a very, very cool product. But we're also going to talk to the creator of Circle with Disney, keeping your kids safe on the internet. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Back in a moment. There's more Your Tech Report after this. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report as well. There you go. Well, I, I was expecting more. I was sort of like giving you air and look what happened there. So I have a question for you. Yeah, go for it. Uh, uh, you know, normally we have our, our listeners or our readers or our YouTube subscribers that ask questions. I'm going to ask a question. So now that I've started editing my own videos, okay, now that I'm using Final Cut Pro X or Final Cut Pro 10, depending on what you want to call it, and I'm editing my own videos, I find myself a lot of footage. I have a one terabyte solid state drive on my MacBook Pro. I don't want to fill that all with with clips and stuff. So I'm looking for a good USB-C external drive that's more than a terabyte that I can store my footage on. What do you recommend? Um, remember we did an interview with Lassie about uh, probably three, four months ago. I guess that, I guess after um Yeah, after I love their drives. Been using um, them for a long time. Yeah. So Lassie has their rugged line of hard drives. The they have the nice the orange, orange the orange rubber yeah. around it. Um, yeah. It's uh, the design. I can't remember the name of the designer, but it's his name is all over it. Um, 
They make a beautiful, a beautiful rugged USB Type C. Depending, the one I have has a lightning connector built into it, but it also comes with a USB C connect cable, so you can plug oh, wow. directly into it USB C. It is Thunderbolt three, uh, so, you, so uh, yeah, Thunderbolt three, so you get the full Thunderbolt three speed, uh, and it comes in a whole variety of of different storage. So you're starting at a terabyte um, solid state, which is probably the most expensive. Funny enough, eight forty nine for the terabyte solid state. I have a five terabyte model. It retails for four twenty nine ninety nine. Um, there's a two terabyte for two eighty nine. There's a five hundred gig SSD four forty nine, and there's a four terabyte for like three eighty nine. So it depends on how much you want to store there. But I mean, these are these are rugged. So I mean, you can drop these. These are good for being out in the field. I literally throw mine in the bag and I switch it between my my desktop computer at the office and I store just my media on there. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely definitely a good one. Well, let me tell you why. Thank you for the recommendation. Let me tell you why I think that's a great idea because ruggedized drives, obviously, like you said, they're built to be portable. When things are portable, they have to be durable. Uh, things tend to drop or in luggage, they get knocked around. So obviously, if you want your footage with you all the time, if you're an editor, if you're making uh, if you're making videos, you want to have that footage with you all the time, ruggedized drive is the perfect solution. Now, uh, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm no, sorry, no, the, Mark, other, the other thing I wanted to say about that drive was um, obviously the, the ruggedized element is, is great. Um, what was I going to say about the drive? I forget. I was going to say you interrupted me. You were going to another sorry. thought, and I completely forget what I was going to say about the drive. But uh, but I do recommend it. I do recommend. But also, I highly recommend also having an alternate backup method. Like this is, I use it for my primary driver for all my all my data and stuff like that. So, but I I still back stuff up to another source. So it's it's good to have some good data practices. Yeah, I uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm I have to run out and get one because it's something that I actually really need and it'll work really well. Now, I just wanted to jump in with something really quick. You remember we talked about that product and you were teasing it earlier, Recoil, yes. which is basically reinventing the way people think about laser tag. Uh, I have had you know we had that great interview. I've had time to play with it. I've been using it for a while with my family, with friends. I got to tell you, this thing is amazing. And for people, you know, we have a great YouTube video, youtube.youtube.com slash your tech report. Look for the Recoil unboxing. I do the hardware unboxing, and then we're going to do some gameplay video as well. Some people were talking about, oh, the price for the starter set. It's $129, $130. People think it's really cool, but I've been getting a lot of feedback of, that's a lot of money for laser tag, for a toy. And that's what I wanted to mention. When when it comes to the price of something, I think people are used to these cheaper laser tag-ish kind of plastic toys that they can play with outside that don't have a tie-in to your actual mobile device that connects to your weapon, that has a cradle for your phone that uses augmented reality to create spawn points and you can use these uh, you can use an actual grenade and watch it explode on your phone using augmented reality I mean we've never seen anything like this before no. so when you're creating a new category of toy don't think of it as something that okay I, I know what this is this is expensive compared to the other ones out there there really hasn't been another one like it out there and that's what I wanted to let people know in some products it's hard to get the value and the idea of what it really is until you've tried it until you get the weapon in your hands and feel the weight of it, the physical recoil as you're shooting, it has that motor that physically recoils like a real weapon. You don't really get the, the quality and the detail and really the full experience, the immersion that you get with recoil until you've played. So for a lot of you out there that think, I know, listen, $130 is still not cheap for anything, regardless of what you're buying. But in terms of value, meaning what you spend for what you get, it is definitely a value at $129 because you're getting the two weapons, you're getting the 
the Wi-Fi hub that creates your virtual play space outside using GPS built into your phone. You're getting two sensors where people can, you know, attach it to your back so you have a place to be shot on the back. At everything that you actually get, it is such a great value. And I encourage people, if you see people playing, if you have a friend that has one, you can join in. You, Mark, you can even use your cell phone. Something we didn't talk about, you could use your cell phone to join in if you don't want to spend the $50 or $79 to get the extra weapon to join in. You could be a medic and go around healing people with your cell phone using augmented reality on your smartphone. So it's such a cool experience. And I encourage people, check out the video that we did on YouTube. Check it out in store if you can. But it's one of these things, you got to trust me on this one. It really is a good value for what you're getting. It's incredible high quality, incredibly high quality, and it's a ton of fun. And that leads me back to exactly what I was forgetting before. And that is, yes. if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash your tech report, uh, I have the full review of that uh, Lassie rugged hard drive on there, as well as, of course, the recoil unboxing, which is really cool. And don't forget, I mean, for, for that price, you're, you're getting multiple players involved. It's not just one person playing a game. It, it's so, a starter kit. Exactly. It, it's, it, lets you, it lets you expand past that. So it's a, it's a great thing. You, get, you could start off with two people, expand up to 16. Circle with Disney, a very cool product, a very cool founder. He's going to join us on the phone in just a couple of moments. Keep your kids safe on the internet, and we're going to tell you how to do that. It is your tech report. Follow along with us. Back in a moment. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Marco Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along on Twitter. It's at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Your Tech Report. And Mitchell, one of, our, one of our first videos when we really started to ramp up the YouTube coverage was this very cool product called Circle uh, by Disney. And, and we have the co-founder on with us right now, Jelani Memory. Welcome to Your Tech Report. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Glad to be on the show. So many things to talk about with you because, you know, if people watch the video, they know what Circle is. But I really wanted to talk to somebody at the company. When the opportunity presented itself, I said, okay, we got to jump on this because this is one of these products that as a parent, uh, we've been waiting for for a very long time because Circle is a device that lets you manage your kids' time on the internet in a very cool way. And I want you to go into a little bit of detail onto obviously how it came to be and, and what exactly from your mind Circle is intended to do. Got it. Well, you know, we started the company about four years ago and it was really built around sort of taking a look at our own families, us three dads who co-founded the company and realizing there weren't any really great tools to parent in a digital space, to manage what content our kids saw online, to manage how long they got to spend on their devices. Uh, so we set about trying to create a solution and that's how we came up with Circle. And, and really, we wanted one core value proposition to be at the center of it, which was this should be dead simple to use. If it's complicated, if it requires you to be tech savvy, we've missed the mark. We wanted every sort of mom or dad uh, or parent in a family to be able to easily manage their kids and their devices, not because the internet's bad, but because uh, parents should get to parent their kids. Um, and so that's really how we got started. So uh, in really practical terms, Circle is a device that you pair with your wireless network. Um, it's all managed by an app on your iOS or Android phone. Uh, you set up a profile for each family member, and it lets you do things like set up a really easy filter for what content's available and not available, to set up time limits for popular apps and platforms and even categories. 
uh, either for the day or for the weekend. Um, and even things like pause the internet or set up an off time or just see how your kids spend time online. We really think that, uh, you know, not as, not just that there's a huge need for this for families, but uh, having it be on the market for a couple of years now, families have really responded in a really amazing way. Now, Jelani, I think I've probably sold, um, I would say, half a dozen devices of these for you. So I, I want to thank you for that commission check that I'm sure is going to be arriving <laughs> any, any day now. But what, I, get a, I get a lot of questions about it because I'm a user. And I, I'm a user because, uh, you know, I've used filters like YouTube filters where you can control certain content. But there's, you know, even on YouTube, for example, it doesn't, their own built-in filters don't always catch what you need to. And having this, this second layer, actually, it's really my first layer of defense which is circle is such a it gives me such peace of mind when my kids are on the internet because it does things that even the native apps themselves can't do that's right you know and and i think you hit on it uh really squarely with uh, that word you know peace of mind um that's really what we're providing for parents um you know because ultimately you know before circle how kids spent time online where they went what they did was sort of like a black box and we wanted to be able to facilitate and foster conversation between kids and parents and one make sure that your kids weren't landing on anything too crazy that you didn't want them to but also again to spark that conversation and you know huge kudos to our chief technology officer my co-founder uh tai bing who uh, is just a genius and and what he's built uh with the, the hardware device and the software that runs it um, really is incredible, and that's really what allows us to do some of the amazing things that we do with Circle. You know, Jelani, you mentioned earlier uh, how important it is to make it easy to use. And you, you, as I was, I was about to ask the question, my mouth was hanging open because you know when you look at barriers to entry uh, from the consumer standpoint, and the number one thing when it comes to a tech device is how easy is it to use? Because I think the perception is all the work goes into creating the hardware, but as you stated and as you know, the hardware once that done, it's almost the easy part because designing a user interface that's where the real key is. Because if you don't design a UI that's simple to use, access makes people not afraid to use it, then it's not going to work. So people really don't understand the time, the research, the, the, the programming that goes into creating a UI that people can have an easy experience with. Exactly. And one of our big advantages in, in really crafting a UI that was dead simple to use, really intuitive, really easy, was, you know, a lot of us here at Circle are parents. Uh, I have five kids myself. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just so hyper important that it be easy to use. And so overseeing the product design, we kept driving harder and harder to make sure that there was going to be sort of no barrier to entry in terms of uh, what each button or function does, how each feature works. We wanted it, again, to be incredibly simple so that, you know, uh, parents weren't having to be their own sort of IT administrator uh, for their own homes. Now, I know a lot of people are probably out there listening to this and, and hearing about Circle for the first time and saying, okay, uh, you, you say it's easy, but, you know, is it really easy? And listen, I'm, I'm here to vouch for this product. Again, setting up not only the device, I mean, the device itself is a small cube. There's one port for your Ethernet, so it goes right into your network, another port for power. Is there a battery built in or am I crazy about that? 
there's a battery built in for any enterprising kids who decide to unplug it. Well, it's funny because I was, I think that power was out in my house and I wasn't sure why, why I was connected to a wireless network because everything was out. And then I realized there was a battery in there. But no, it's, it's dead simple to install. You guys say in your website, you know, five minute installation. That is not even a joke. It's less than five minutes. And, and the way it works in which it shows you all the devices on your network and you can then assign those devices to different people who have different levels of filtering is really quite quite genius. Talk about some of the, the partnerships that you've got going on here, because obviously Disney, it's in the brand name, Circle with Disney. How did that come to be? And having that kind of backing, how did that accelerate the product? Yeah, so, you know, Disney came along early on in our development process um, and saw what we were doing and really fell in love with it, I think, for two reasons. One, um, uh, from just a technology perspective, what we were building was really unique and new and novel. Um, but also from a brand perspective, they felt that their brand was aligned with the way that we were thinking about family, the way that we were thinking about kids and online time. Um, and so we, uh, you know, spent a few months forging a partnership together. Um, and so it's really, you're right, it's a co-branded product, Circle with Disney. Um, and it's been amazing for us as, as we've launched sort of, you know, out of nowhere in 2015 um, into the market uh, with the huge fuel that is the Walt Disney Company. Um, and they've been just a really great a partner and helping us think through some of the needs of the family as well as, you know, giving us placement on their website, um, you know, marketing us through different channels. Um, it's really been pretty incredible and, and we've just loved having them as a partner. Another partner, I mean, quote-unquote partner, or you are working with Netgear to actually set up Circle on routers? Correct, yeah. So, you know, for us, it was inevitable that, you know, uh, our software didn't just have to go on our own hardware, but eventually, you know, it should live uh, on some partner's hardware. So Netgear uh, was the first company that we partnered with. We're so incredibly happy to launch with them uh, just a couple months ago. Um, So Circle is automatically built in uh, to their supported routers. And actually, the features are free on it um, with an upgraded premium option to get all the features. Um, So specifically for free on the basic plan is history, pause, and filter. Um, So if you have a supported Netgear router, you get those things for free. You don't need to pay any money. Um, And then you're able to upgrade from there to get bedtime, uh, time limits, uh, usage, and a couple other features. You know, we're, you know, we're talking about, of course, the parents' point of view, but let's look from the kids' point of view using Circle with Disney. And you guys have built in, to make it more fun and actually make it not a negative thing for the kids, you built in a reward system. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, for us, uh, we, we often, you know, uh, bear the unofficial tagline of, uh, you know, kids... Kids hate it, but parents love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for us, you know, what's great is is that, that the feedback that comes from parents is um, if my kid's not having a great time with it, that must mean uh, that it's working. And, and, of course, we're really happy with that. But it wasn't enough to just stay there. So what we really wanted to do was make sure that Circle sat at the center of that sort of online time and content conversation, but also provided a way for parents to give their kids some agency. So the reward uh, feature is really about uh, kids being able to do things to be able to earn more time online. Even in my own home, my kids love Roblox. 
Um, and so we set a time limit for that, my wife and I. And what's great is the kids, when they run into their time limit, they go, what can I do to get more time online? <laughs> like, do the dishes, clean your room. Uh, and actually, they're really happy to do that because they know they get to do the thing they want to do, which is Roblox, right? Uh, and we've even gone further with that feature with our connections platform. Uh, we think it's the first smart family platform uh, in existence. And what that does is that brings in other partners, apps, and services to sort of play in that ecosystem. So specifically, uh, we have the Chore Connection, and it's an integration with the Chore Monster app suite from Family Tech. So that when families are using that platform and kids check off their chores, they can choose Circle specifically as a reward to get more time oh, online cool. or a later bedtime, and that automatically happens. Wow, I didn't even, you see, I learned something new each and every day, and I've been using this for six months. Um, you know, <laughs> now, now, I want to get technical for a little, a second, because um, I think people need to understand how technically Circle works, because kids are getting smarter these days, okay? They, they're trying to find ways to get around different things. As you said, people want to unplug it, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys use the physical device's MAC address so that unless they get a brand new phone and don't tell you about it, there's no way around this. Well, even then, uh, yeah, they'd have to get a brand new phone and that brand new phone would have to have 4G. If they're on your Wi-Fi network, you will immediately know when any new device joins your network, whether it's a kid's device or you're setting up a Nest thermostat or you have friends that come over for the weekend. As soon as a device joins your network, Circle recognizes it and will send you a notification with what that device name is. Um, which means getting around circles pretty hard. Um, but from you know a philosophical standpoint, it's not our goal to build a prison for kids that they can't ever escape out of, but make sure we're notifying parents of relevant events. So if a kid figures out how to destroy circle by throwing it in the bathtub, <laughs> what'll happen, which is obvious, is it'll turn off because it's broken. But the other thing that'll happen is a parent will get a notification. So that happens when your Wi-Fi goes down or when the kid figures out how to turn circle off or destroy circle. Um, we wanted to provide parents with just the clarity of knowing what's going on um, and really even the playing field between kids and parents. I can just imagine that notification. Help, I'm drowning. Get me out of the bathtub. <laughs> um, now, you talked about you talked about you know it being on the Wi-Fi network, but you also extended the service, smartly so, um, for on-the-go as well, and that is Circle Go, which is a subscription-based service, which you can test out with a free trial. How does that work, and how does that extend the kind of circle, so to speak? Got it. So, of course, you've got Circle... Uh, it's on the home network. It manages the Wi-Fi. But, you know, the question we got asked really early on by every parent was, well, what if my kid has an iPhone or an Android phone and they go on to their mobile plan? They go on to data. Uh, so we did build Circle Go. And what that allows uh, Circle to do is treat that device as if it's always home. So whether it's at the Starbucks Wi-Fi, whether it's on 4G LTE, whether your teenager is over at their best friend's house, that device still has its same filter settings. It still has the same time limits. You can still pause the internet from wherever you're at and wherever that kid's device is at. Their mobile phone, no matter what network they're on, it'll still pause. Um, and again, all the notifications work. And a, a bit of technical background, we do that by running a VPN on the phone, which again, allows us to sort of manage whatever network it belongs to. 
One of the things I also have to give you credit for is putting together a web presence that really, and I know this sounds silly, but a lot of companies put out these great products and great services. You go to search them online and it doesn't really give you a good idea of what the product is, how it works, what the physical hardware does, what the interface looks like. You guys, if you go to meetcircle.com, you put together a really great website that gives people an idea where they can actually go and see what it does. And I think people sort of undervalue uh, you know, doing something like this and the importance of having a great web presence. And you guys did a great job with that as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, huge credit to our marketing team. Um, you know, one of the goals when we were developing the, the website initially was to make sure that if a parent has any question about how this works, what it does, what features it has, that they could dig into the website and find those things so that those answers would be really clear. Because we realized the biggest barrier to someone getting a circle was just them understanding what it does. And what we find even in our Facebook comments when we run ads is often uh, a spouse will tag their other spouse and go, what do you think about this? Because ultimately it tends to be a joint decision because it's, it's a big step to add circle into sort of the natural rhythm of your family's life uh, and, and choose to you know, manage all the content time for all the devices in your home. And, you know, the other thing we didn't talk about, which is also a positive in your, your guys' favor, is the price point. You managed to put this together oh, for yeah. under $100. Yeah, no, I mean, that again for us, you know, we wanted, we didn't want to create something outrageously premium that then meant that only a select few families could have it. Um, we wanted, uh, you know, that uh, that barrier to entry to not exist. And again, that's part of having the hardware cost 99 It's a one-time cost. Um, that's part of having Circle Go only costs four ninety nine monthly for up to ten devices, and then of course our Neckier partnership allows us to deliver these features ultimately for free uh, on supported Neckier routers. And right now you've got a back to school sale going on, so you can get it for eighty nine dollars if you actually shop around, which is really cool. That's right, very cool, Jelani Mamuri. I, I thank you so much for joining us. This is one of these products that we're going to be talking about for so long, and it's one of these products that you can also enhance continuously and effortlessly by updating the app and updating software down the road. That's correct. And, you know, we've got a lot of really cool things coming out this fall, so you have to stay tuned uh, and, you know, get your circle early so you can see it when it comes out. Circle with Disney, available now for $89 if you shop around. The back-to-school special is on. Thank you to Jelani Memory for joining us on this week's show. Thank you to you guys for joining us on this week's show. Next week, some very, very cool stuff lined up for you as well. It is your tech report. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Marco Flalo. Follow us online on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.